a Shishkin Productions podcast. Honestly, I'm in shock that this is being given away for free. Yeah. Because this, this is some great fucking advice. gold from Joe Nana. Dude, I'm telling you, in two weeks, we're going to see this exact list on No Film School. No Film School is going to rip off this is real podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode. What up, of the Sizzlers? Sizzle Real Podcast. We're just sizzling away. We um we got a big episode today. It came together very last minute. Yeah, we had nothing five minutes ago, and now we're we're jam. We have everything. That's the too world much. is our oyster, as they say, <laughs> or whatever. Um, one thing I did want to mention real quick is we have a very special guest today, and he couldn't hold out one more week. He would have been on the 69th episode, oh, but instead, man, he decided. To uh, he got let's let's just be real. He got hit with the Omicron. He said, "I'm staying home. I want to get on the pod." Damn, so here he is. He he's coming. He's coming to us. We're not going to introduce him just yet, but we can see him on Zoom. <laughs> here he is. We're not going to introduce him. <laughs> I said, here he is. Yeah, but we can see him on Zoom, and uh, he was going to be outside. He was going to pull a Matt King. That's oh yeah, he, that, that's where you get the best audio. You can hear like birds and, and squirrels, and sometimes some children. Yeah, but Maybe this time a- he decided to stay inside. That's uh, that's good. That, that's, that means uh, we won't hear anything from him until we introduce him. Thank right? God. Maybe his dogs. Um, before we get into it, Chris, let's. Oh, and I'm gonna break some big news to you on in this next bit. But okay. why don't you go ahead and do the thing? Okay, the thing. Uh, at Scissorial Gang, Twitter, and uh, the other place, Instagram. Instagram. Also, also Gmail, Scissorial Gang at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. You know, we've been talking how we haven't been getting emails. Apparently, we have been. So. <laughs> Apologies in advance for that. We've really been shitting on the Sizzlers, and that's Alexi's fault because he's I, the one with the login. I could have sworn I had the email box up. I guess I had the. Uh, I guess I had the rounds of sound. Uh, email too, box too many up. emails. This man literally has like six or seven emails logged in I have on a, his computer. I have a it's, post-it note on my computer that lists all of the emails I need to check. Oh my goodness, it's, it's a problem. It's that's how much. you know you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Look, patreon.com slash Shishkin Productions. Give us five bucks a month and you can drink with us and like learn things or something. And, and put, a, put a pin in that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got an announcement coming up okay. about that. Okay. Well, but, I was, was going to say the other thing that the Patreon gets you is the quarterly uh Quarterly networking, networking events. Event. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And uh, we're we're on TikTok. We're yeah. not very active. Nope. So just don't, <laughs> don't even worry about TikTok right yeah, now. Don't go to TikTok. Um. We also have the the Israel cold line, the the most oh, important dude, part. Oh, dude! Of course, three, three, three two, three, 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 forty-three, sixty-one. Look at that! Our guest was singing along, but we muted him. He was bobbing his head. He was singing along. We muted him. Uh, here's the big announcement. Okay, the Patreon is going under. It's going to be oh, shuttered. No, yep. this oh, is the last no. next month. February is the last month of the Patreon. That's really sad. That's right. The Patreon is going under. So thank you, Ben. Thank you, Kevin. Our only Patreon. Patri- they sound like uh like minions. Well, I guess it's Bob and Kevin. Oh yeah, yeah. But Ben <laughs> and Kevin does sound like minions. Um speaking of loyal sizzlers, Kevin, who who donates to the Patreon, he emailed us our how how first, long ago? You know, December 16th. <laughs> a whole month ago. <laughs> whole he, month. he emailed us and I didn't notice. Um, you may remember, we did the Sizzreel gift guide. Yeah, we talked about really these balling ass headphones that we're wearing right now. Mm-hmm. The Sony MDR 7506s uh, and how they're like a staple 
Sure. Right. They're amazing. Yeah. Comfortable. We're using them right now. So Kevin says they've made that model since the 80s. Monitoring standard. And they've cost around $100 for that long. Sony used to make a model called MDR V6 that was identical, except it had a nickel plated plug instead of gold and was $30 cheaper. They sound good, but the high end is sharp as hell to me and I find them grating. Then he did a shrug emoji. Perfect for vocal stuff, though. Um, so, okay, well, I, I personally like him. So, you know, it is what it is. But then he says he saw something here recently and wanted our takes on it. It is uh, called a, it's from, it's called a Tour Box Elite. And it says it's a hyper customizable Bluetooth editing controller. Oh, what? This so, is kind of sick. Yeah, it kind of looks like a, almost like a, like a video game controller. Yeah, a little bit. And it has, it's like a small rectangular white box. And uh, it's got kind of like a almost a joystick looking thing in the middle, like yeah, a, D-pad a D-pad underneath it. It's got a little uh, like a rotary wheel, like something you would use to run prompter or, you know, to scrub through. Uh, and then it has another wheel. Like a jog wheel almost. Exactly. Like something you'd find in the middle of your mouse. Uh, and uh, a couple other and a couple sliders. Other buttons. Uh, uh, yeah, if you... Oh, it's oh, uh, and it's it, used in junction with a with a, a tablet. You can use it with a pen. You can use it with a, with a mouse. It seems this thing actually is pretty cool. We'll have to. We're just opening this for the first time, so we'll actually have to do a little bit more research into it, and we'll probably bring it up in a future episode. But yeah, is there a price point listed there? The Tour Box Elite. Uh, it says it is currently available to back on Kickstarter. And, oh, but okay. at this time, at, at the time of the publication, which was November of last year, it already reached its goal. Uh, backing options start as low as $196. Ooh. So 200 bucks, but if it speeds you up, it speeds you yeah, up. Maybe, I, maybe we'll invest in one. Yeah, maybe we'll try one out. It could be pretty good. Um, I remember way back in the day we talked about editing with foot pedals. <laughs> we did. That we would did. That would be pretty fun. Um, Kevin, thank you for writing in. That was awesome. He said, he said, would it make the day go by a little more like NBA 2K? Yeah, a and little bit. he said, bit. or maybe only Evan would use it. So Kevin really coming in with the roast. Yeah, well, uh, look, I'm glad that, that Kevin's listening and that he realizes that Evan is the real editor here and we're just <laughs> making shit up. We're businessmen. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, as far as the, the Sonys go, honestly, I don't have a lot of other experience. I have the uh, the uh, Audio-Technica ATH 50s or M50s, mm-hmm. and those are great. I've mm-hmm. never had any issues. Uh, those are the Those are the ones that I use at home. I don't notice a big difference. Yeah. The, the only time, like once you get to the, you know, the good, like just normal headphones, like the ones that are like studio quality, mm-hmm. those are, that's usually, I feel like where you're like, okay, at this point it's just diminishing return. Like everything's about the same where you really notice it is when you get cheaper and they get really fucking bad. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just, we started the podcast with some really cheap task like task cam ones are like 30 bucks. Yeah. They we, were terrible. We, like some, literally some of the worst headphones I've ever used in my entire fucking life. Um, all right. So look, let's, let, let's jump into some, some real news. We'll talk about real quick. What's been going on this week. What's coming up next week. Um, we're looking for a spring intern. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a really good fall intern and he just got a job with, I think people magazine. That's right. People are fucking transitioning from Shishkin productions to real places. Mm -hmm. Guys, we had him cut a reel and he had a new job within a month. Yeah. That's the kind of, kind of work that we can get you. If you're interested in interning with us and look, I mean, we're going to put you on some projects and you're going to get thrown in the deep end and you're going to work. Um, and you're going to you're going to get some really good stuff. So literally after like a couple months, you'll be able to use all that stuff in your reel. 
And then you can move on and go get a job somewhere that can give you health insurance and shit. <laughs> Probably, right? I don't know. Yeah. I think that's the goal, isn't it? Um, that's how uh, backwards America is. Look, I still don't have health insurance here. Um, I, uh, yeah, well, yeah, you do. You, I, pay, you pay for yourself. I have a girlfriend. There you go. Uh, I'm on her, uh, her plan. Uh, so we are looking for a spring intern. Main qualifications here are you got to... Other than like knowing how to do video stuff or like any 3D stuff or animation or audio or film make like filming with a camera, you have to know at least one of those in a, like a little bit or be interested in really growing into that. But most importantly, I know when I used to apply to jobs, man, I always hated seeing it when people were like, must be a self-starter. I was like, what the fuck I, does I that know, mean? I know, I know. And now I completely understand what that means. Well, look, I get it. Like we need a self-starter, but not someone who... Like we sometimes when businesses say that they basically want you to do a ton of work for free, but that's not necessarily what we're looking for. We're just looking for someone who like wants to create stuff independently and like has ideas yes. and, and can pitch them and like we'll just do them. Like yes. we're trying to give you creative freedom in addition to, you know, the the typical jobs that we get that we'll we'll put you on. But, you like, know, it, as, it, as an it, intern, we don't always have something for you to do. I don't want you to just like fuck around on the computer, like make something for us. Right. Like if you have ideas on stuff you want to create and you like, like, fuck, man, feel free to just schedule a meeting, throw some time on the calendar and let's like get together and, yeah. and talk about your ideas, like pitch us stuff. Like if you have ideas for fun animations or sketches or things to put on, mm -hmm. on the social channel, if you have a podcast idea, you want to do a podcast, yep. bring it to the table. Like yeah. that's the point of that intern is to grow into a role where they're confident in creating and they can use our resources. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And well, it's paid. It's a paid internship. That's important. Um, and your lunch is covered and it's, uh, it's really chill here. So, yeah. It's a good place to work. We um, have fun. If you, if you hear this, if you know anyone who might be a good fit, tell them to go to uh, shishkinproductions.com. And if they can't figure out how to email us from there, well, then they probably don't deserve the internship. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Chris, this week, ton of meetings. A lot of meetings this week. Uh, more for you than for me. Yeah. I, I was just in a, a couple of them. Yeah, you were, I mean, you were, oh, you were I was, also slogging away. I was away. clacking away, edit, making big old edits for Little, a big old company. Actually, you're making a bunch of small edits. <laughs> yeah, I you're, can't, ma you're making like hundreds of small edits. <laughs> so many micro edits, like we're really Frankensteining. But for what it's worth, I looked at it because um, I had to kind of, uh, finish up some graphics on it the other day and it looked great. I thought it actually looked great. I thought the final piece was, was really good. Was this and I managed to clean the audio up a little bit. I, uh, I, I applied, I don't remember what I did. I'll show you afterwards, but there's okay. some sort I got this, that this was for the shorter piece, the, yeah. the, the self shot one. Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, no. Okay. That audio is not clean up. Yeah. 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 But okay. the other one, I got the hiss to go away. So okay. we're good. Very, very cool. Um, but we had meetings. We, uh, we had one with a kind of, a. Web3, like, crypto-focused gaming place. Yeah, very um, interesting. They're looking to launch later this year, and they want some marketing materials, so we're excited to work with them on that. Yep. And we had one with Major League Soccer. Major League Soccer. That one went really well. That one was today. Yeah, and, that, uh, one, that one was good. Let's talk about the crypto one first. So sure. today, we went through, we sat down and went through, like, a 30 page deck yeah, or something it was 25 or 30 pages and every slide was dense as hell and we were trying to wrap our minds around what this product and technology is because we're gonna have to be the ones who are kind of explain potentially it. are gonna have to be making the videos to explain it. exactly and we don't even fully understand it yet but, but it was it was a it was a hell of a, a session it, yeah it's interesting like i think the 
the basics of it are it's kind of like a pay to earn gaming platform. Play, play to earn. Play, uh, yeah, play to earn. Whatever I said yeah. was wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, so basically you play games and you earn some sort of crypto token from it. Uh, I will say it seemed complicated reading into it. Like you got to you got to buy a token and then exchange it for in-game currency and then you can withdraw it if like basically you bet on players performing missions in a way and if they complete the mission properly yeah. then you get some rewards in-game rewards that I I believe you can pull out and uh, transfer to to real money. I yeah, it's, if you want. it the the concept itself is, is incredibly dense and and the ecosystem is weird not weird but it's like it's just a bit convoluted and hard yeah. to understand unless you like spend time really delving into it. Mm-hmm. They're creating their own little metaverse with its own economy. Yeah, at, at its core incentives. It's, at its core it's like you have the game developers, the gamers and the people who watch the gamers like who who consume the gaming content for entertainment are all sort of intertwined in this ecosystem. Yeah. So I think it definitely has a future. It's very cool. Yeah. And there, there, I think there's a way to invest in it without actually playing games and still make yeah. money. It, yeah. There, it, it's it's a very novel idea. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I think what was wild to me was uh, me, you and Amy sat down and we had lunch and we went over this deck. Literally, I think we were in here for an hour, basically yep. nonstop talking about it. And when we got out, we were, I, I at least was like, that felt like school. Yeah. That was nuts. Basically, every single slide, one of us would read it out loud, and then we'd all just kind of work through it mentally and talk it out to to try to actually understand how it works. Yeah, to understand in real terms, because you know how slides are. It's going to be either marketing yeah. stuff or entrepreneur finance stuff, yeah. whatever. It's. Yeah. Um, but I will say that it was it was a good experience, and it kind of really reminded me how like editing is just learning. Like you're just learning. That's yeah. What you do. Well, yeah, and I mean. Even once you learn how to edit in the first place, the programs change all the time. You have to learn new technologies, new uh, approaches yeah. all the time. And I mean, and and yeah, but even on top of that, like, you know, today I was doing subtitles for um, an Intel video and I learned I, I have to I when even when doing subtitles, I have to learn what all these things are because I have to spell them right and yeah. I have to get the capitalization right and mm-hmm. stuff. So well, and it goes back to we talked about this very early on in the podcast how I learned so much about sneakers. You know why? Because I true. was editing sneakers and yeah. like now if we're going to be doing work for this this crypto company, then we need to learn it. We need to understand it so that we can pitch it properly. You know this. I mean, this is uh we we weren't supposed to bring the guest on yet, but. He's just chomping at the bit. He wants to get a word in, I can tell. So we'll bring him on real quick. We got Joe Nana on the pod, the number one fan. Um, Joe, what have you learned from editing or doing stuff? You must have learned shit that you didn't know before. What have I learned from editing? Yeah, like, for example, like Chris just said, he learned a lot about sneakers. Like, I learned, like, today from some work we were doing, we learned about this crypto thing. Like, what are some fields or some, some things that you've kind of not become an expert in, but definitely become knowledgeable in just from working in it. Well, I mean, I'm pretty much an expert in the car industry now because that's what I've been focused on for the last seven years. Just strictly tier three regional automotive marketing. Um, He's got all the buzzwords down. too. Is is tier three the highest tier? What's up? Is, Is tier three the highest tier? No, tier three is the lowest tier. Oh man! No, nah, tier tier one is national. Tier two is um, regional, and then tier three is local. So basically, any kind of local advertising we count as tier three. It's like um, what are they called? It's like uh, like when you get a burn, you know, which yeah. one's the worst? First degree or third degree? No one fucking knows. I think it's third degree is the worst. 
could oh, be wrong. Wait. Hold on. We got the dogs coming in just as we yeah. just as we predicted early <laughs> on in the show. Wait, hold on. The hold dogs on, hold on. are going to come. Well, I think my mother-in-law is here. She was bringing me chicken noodle soup. Oh, oh hell yeah. Yeah, Joe Nana, he's got the Omicron. So, so hold he's on. They're going to keep barking. Give me one minute. Go ahead. You dip. We're going to keep rolling. That's perfect. Wait, no, um, no. Okay, no. Chrissy's going to go grab it. Okay, wonderful. Well, okay. That, so did you know anything about cars before you started it? Or did you know like nothing at all about cars? So the only thing I knew about cars was basically when I was at cargo um, room. one, one knew, of my first jobs, <laughs> but we, we were doing tier one for Kia. And so I was learning a little bit about it uh, when we were in Los Angeles, but you probably had more car experience than I did when we were out in Los Angeles. You worked for that one guy and you were actually going around. We're doing stuff similar to uh, to that every now and then. But um, yeah, no, I, you know, I've never really been into cars. I've never really wanted to like get into cars, but that's just, uh, you know, the opportunity that presented itself at the time. And uh, I've stuck with it since. That's the road you went down, you know, and that's what I'm saying. You always learn about stuff like when I first got into to I got like to filmmaking, for lack of a better term, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just editing, really. But uh, when I first got into it. I was working on a ton of fashion and beauty videos. Oh yeah, I didn't, I, look at, at me, bro. At Pop sugar. <laughs> look at me. I, I wear like fucking t-shirts and like the same pair of jeans every yeah, day. Yeah, well, and you were doing some like pop culture, like celebrity stuff here and there yeah. too. Yeah, and I was like, man, this is the furthest from anything that I like. I'd say of, of all of our like kind of maybe opportunities, the one that's kind of fit the best in terms of oh, I already kind of know this, mm-hmm. and it came to me. Was Chris doing eight millimeter porn? Oh my god, <laughs> that's gotta be it, right? I think it yeah, it was thing. natural. It just came naturally, kind of like the 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 actors, the talent. Oh god, sorry. <laughs> um, Chris, uh, what about you? What you said? You learned sneakers. You, you yeah, well, else? and uh, yeah, ma- uh, major league soccer because we've done so much work Good for point. them. Like, I mean, I I knew the game of soccer, but I didn't know the players in MLS and. Now, I mean, I pretty much when I watch the men's national team, I can tell you every single player like it. It's kind of surprising to me because I didn't even realize that I had that knowledge until I started watching the games. And I was like, I've seen all these guys play. Yeah, I've, like I edit them every week. Yeah. I mean, you you know more about it than I do in a lot of ways. Like there's times when like you'll you'll hear about news that breaks. Yeah. That yeah. I, before I even read True. about it. Well, because, I, you know, I make a concerted effort to follow MLS now because I know that I'm going to be working on it two days a week for I don't know the near future. Yeah. Um. Speaking of Major League Soccer, so we had our little chat yeah. with them. Uh, they're gearing up. They're doing content planning right now for this upcoming year. Um. And we uh, are, you know, we're Shishkin Productions. We're trying to dip our toe into the production world a little bit. You yeah. Know? We know wow. we got inspired. We got inspired by Joe Nana. We were like, man, he's out here making videos. We need to dip our toe into the production world. Yeah, if, if Joe can do it, we can do it, right? Exactly. And uh, we got inspired by Vince as well. You yeah. Know? But it, well, if Vince can do it, then we can definitely do it. <laughs> roasted, roasted. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, we were talking with MLS, and we might maybe do a little bit of production for them later this year. We'll see. Yeah, we, we just said that maybe it's something we'd be interested in. So if it if something fits what we, what we can do, throw it our way, and we'll make it yeah in the call i i basically was like give us the most low stakes thing you have because i don't want to accidentally fuck something up yeah yeah <laughs> maybe we're just shooting a game to like have like yeah. archival footage who yeah, knows but yeah. like well, just, just just to get out there with a the camera yeah just get us on something and uh one thing i learned from from that was uh you know to ask questions in the in meetings like even if they seem kind of 
kind of dumb to yeah. ask them. Yeah. Cause I was asking like who they have on set and uh, I was for an interview that they filmed that I, that we edited and I was like, Hmm, maybe two people, maybe three and turned yeah. out there's five, five people, people on set and that's not even counting like any assistance or the talent. So it's like, Oh, that's pretty decent for, you know, just a, a normal interview with one person. Yeah. And that makes it, it's, it's much more comfortable. Like if you have five people on set, you feel less pressure, I think, you mm-hmm. know, because you don't like, have, you don't have to worry about monitoring the picture and the audio at the same time. Right. Like the, the work can, can go around and everyone has a job. So mm-hmm. you're pulling in the same direction. Exactly. Joe you how many people you work with on set usually? <laughs> usually just me. Oh, see, it's, that must uh, be a lot of pressure. Yeah, so I'm a. Usually it's just me, or sometimes I have my other coworker John come out with me, or every now and then I'll bring on a production assistant. But I usually, you know, I'm usually out there by myself. Um, it's a luxury if I do get a crew. Uh, I do work with a crew when I go to Charlotte every now and then. Um, we have a guy out there. He uh, he brings out his crew, and I usually just go on set to uh, direct. That's my preferable method. Have everybody else do the work and you can just sort of, you know, manage everybody and direct. And that's usually how the best quality stuff comes out. You know, when you're out there on your own, it's tough because like you said, I'm monitoring the video. I'm monitoring the audio. I'm trying to direct somebody at the same time and you're always going to miss something. Um, And it's, uh, you know, it's tough when you when you do it, but. I've gotten my basically gear down to what I need to basically be the most efficient. And I've got so much experience just working with uh, the clients that we have now and just sort of navigating um, filming in these sort of like situations because a lot of them are are the same, Mm -hmm. just different markets. So I've just learned to basically over the last seven years, just get it down to a science where when I would go on set by myself, Maybe it took me a couple hours to put a spot together. If I know what I'm doing and if I plan correctly going into it, I could probably knock a shoot out in an hour or less sometimes. So uh, I was going to say, uh, before we go to the break, one thing I wanted to ask you earlier in, in your career, you probably by being a one man show ran into a few problems. You ever have any situations where like you forgot to, you're like, Oh shit, I forgot to, to white balance or something, or I forgot to roll audio, like something like that, you know? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I mean, I still forget to white balance half the time, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, it's just something that happens, you know, you, it, when you're flying around trying to get it, you know, I usually fly on auto when I'm doing uh, white balance nowadays too, just because of the uh, lighting situation. In some of these places, it's just so unpredictable. I just throw it on auto or I'll throw it somewhere close. Um, and I'll just, I'll be like, all right, I can sort of correct it later if I need to not an mm-hmm. ideal situation, but as long as you have like a color card or, um, a gray card or something with you, you can usually find a way to, uh, correct it enough. Yeah. Um, and if not, I just blame it on being colorblind. There you and, go. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have somebody else fixing. <laughs> well, but yeah, I, I mean, I've forgotten to roll audio or sometimes you're, you know, filming and you think that you've hit record, but you double tapped and, oh, man. you know, that's the worst. And then you're, you're walking to the next scene and you're like, wait, why am I still recording? And it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's like, I didn't. I I wasn't recording and I started recording uh basically in between shots and it's like oh shit you you miss things every now and then but as long as you have enough coverage 
and you have some kind of backup, you can usually find a way to uh, fix your situation. Yeah, if you have a good editor who will save your ass, that's how you can yeah, fix the situation. Well, I'm the editor you're, as you're well as half editor. the time, so I got to save my own ass. I bail myself out a lot of the time. One man band Jonana. Well, yeah. What do you say? You oh, always have something. Yeah, yeah. So as I've said before, uh, photographer Chris <laughs> loves editor Chris. Editor Chris hates photographer Chris because, <laughs> that's you know, editor Chris is usually saving photographer Chris, Chris's ass. Hey man, you know what? That's why there's the Scissor Real Gang is because post production. That's where it's at. Hell yeah! Um, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we're gonna um, since we might you know be doing a little bit of production mm-hmm. this year, we're gonna talk to the goat Joe Nana and find out his tips for becoming a production company. Can't wait. Look, we've been doing the show for a while, and Wandering Barman. Wandering Barman. They are one of our premier sponsors. They're a sponsor? Yeah, they're the best. They make the most delicious cocktails and the pre-made. Wait, pre-made cocktails? I can just drink it? I don't have to make a cocktail? That's right, but it gets even better. They just opened their cocktail brasserie here in Brooklyn. That sounds fancy. It's pretty fancy, but it's also mad affordable. Their happy hour from 5 to 7, $5 cocktails. So if you want an old-fashioned, guess how much it is? Uh, $5? If you want a margarita, guess how much it is? Mm, $5. And if you want a Diet Pepsi... I don't think they have those. They don't have those, unfortunately. But you should check out Wandering Barman's Cocktail Brasserie at 315 Meserol Street in Brooklyn. Go for happy hour, 5 to 7. They're open every day. Wandering Barman, woo! Welcome back, Sizzlers. And we are here with Joe Nana, the angry tortoise himself. And, uh, you know... Shishkin Productions is thinking about getting into actual production. A little you know, tiny bit. Just a wee just bit. A little bit. Just but mostly we do post-production, but we want to, you know. Dip in our collective toe. Exactly. Uh, and Joe production company, even smaller toe. Even smaller toe. <laughs> I have a normal size toe. My toe is a little tiny baby toe. He's, he's got, got a weird baby toes. toe. It's, that's why my balance yeah. is terrible. <laughs> tiny little baby toes. <laughs> anyway, we need some advice from you, Joe. What can you tell us? You're someone who who produces all the time. You are a production company, it's one man band. Basically. You're one man band, and how, one of the best bands I know. Always in key on <laughs> on rhythm. Great, great lyrics. You know, now, really thought provoking. Joe, our listeners uh, are interested in what you have to say, but they also have have things to do. So, how many tips do you have for them today? Uh, I got nine quick tips. Nine quick tips seems like it's tip. perfect for the segment. Hell yeah, that's perfect. That's I cannot wait to hear these things. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let, let's let's get started. What's your number one tip? All right. Number one tip. This is no specific order, but the number one tip that I have written down is to plan out your shoot. Do a little bit of pre-production. That's going to save you so much time. It's going to sort of help you mitigate any errors that might pop up. So get yourself a shot sheet. Know what you need going in. Even check the weather, because if you have an outside shoot, you know, just make sure, hey, is it going to be overcast? Is it going to be rainy? What's our backup plan if, uh, you know, we we do run into a situation like that? You, you know, get a call a, sheet together. Just any kind of pre-production you do will make your shoot a lot easier. That's a great one. You know, you do have to plan. I feel like it's mm-hmm. the same way. I mean, there's small similarities in the edit, you know. You got to plan your days out, one. But sure. two, you got to make sure you structure the project the right way so you're not... You know, oh, I, I I didn't sync the sound and I'm waiting till the cut's done to sync up the good sound with it mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that. That well, doesn't happen very often. Well, ever really. Eh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I'm just yes. Yes. Ending. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's also important. Vince like, did it. That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to call you out. Vince. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, that helps too once you get to post-production. Because like, if you don't know what you're doing when you are out in the field, you end up just like spraying down everything probably. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're so clueless that you don't get enough. True. And either way, it makes the edit a whole lot more difficult because it's like, wow, none of this was shot with motivation. What mm-hmm. What do they want me to be showing here? They just got everything they could or didn't get enough. Like, and what's, what's the plan? Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, Joe, I yeah. think we can move on to number two. I, let me guess, is it... Always get a shot of the sky. <laughs> How did you know? Uh, I, it's I close. knew it. I could just tell. You seem like a professional. I don't. I don't understand. Yeah. That. Is that what something you're supposed to do? You always have to get a shot of the sky. Okay. In every shoot. Okay. Because that's how the editor will know what the day was like. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You just gotta bring that energy. Okay. Oh, so okay. So we got we got wow, number two. Classic. Number two. <laughs> always get a shot of the sky. Number three. <laughs> All right, number three, always have a backup plan. <laughs> oh, and that kind of goes hand in hand with what you said about if it might rain. Exactly, you know? mm-hmm. exactly. You always need a contingency. If you know you walk into a set and it's you didn't have a um, you know a, a prop for some reason, or if an actor didn't show up, or something out of your control just happens. Always think for the worst and plan for it. And if you have a backup plan, that's going to save you. If I've walked into places before and it hasn't been set up the way that I want, maybe cars have been in wrong places or the lighting's different than what I thought, and you just got to learn to adapt on the fly and just sort of roll with it. You know, don't be set on everything that you planned on because it's probably not going to come out the way that you expect it to. You always got to expect that something's going to go wrong. It kind of reminds me of that one uh, music video. I don't remember. It was like Young Thug or something where like he didn't show up. And so the whole video is I like, know what you're like, talking about. Yeah. It's like text on black where it's like he was supposed to show up and he didn't. So yeah, instead yeah. we did this or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that video, I think, won awards. Well, exactly. And it, it, if you have a backup plan like that, then you can look so good as a company. Like yeah. it, it, the client... Maybe not, maybe won't notice it, but if they do notice it, that makes you look so dope to like roll with the punches and still put out a good product. Improvisation is key. And that's why the sizzle reel happens every week. Never late. Never late. We're always improvising. All right, Joe, let's move on. Number four. Number four. So always try to make the talent feel comfortable. Don't be having a hostile set because when I film, I'm doing a lot of sort of, uh, interviews or I'm getting these guys who aren't necessarily comfortable on camera. If you're not working with an actor, an actor is always going to be more comfortable because they want to be there. But sometimes there's guys who, uh, especially in the world that I'm in, they want the guy like the general manager or owner of the dealership to come on camera, say like an end tag. And they're always super, super nervous. So open them up, be a little more comfortable, be conversational, maybe just chat them up like a little bit. Sometimes I actually roll while I'm just talking to them and just sort of working through some practice takes because if they know the cameras or if they think the camera is not rolling, sometimes their takes are going to come out better because they're a little more natural. Now, that's not it's going to be a little different, you know, depending on the kind of work that you're doing. But for me, that's what always has worked. I am. I feel like I would I would really need to work at that one. 
Yeah, you know? I was never great at that. Uh, when I was a news photographer, I would let the uh, the reporter get them comfortable because, like, yeah. I'm just awkward with people. But a, a nice little trick, and then this can backfire. But sometimes I would do something similar, like you said, Joe, where you're recording while you're just chatting away. Turn off your tally lights so that they don't know that you're recording. Kind of makes them feel a lot more comfortable. There's something about that red light being on or blinking where people just like kind of freeze up. Yeah, like a deer in the All headlights, the time. or like a like yep. a person in the red lights. <laughs> um, one thing that I so I guess my only experience with that kind of stuff is we in the past have have filmed like fun little things, and I'm rarely the one behind the camera. I'll either be operating sound or I'll be like on camera with the mic interviewing people. Yeah. And that is actually way, way easier for me. I just don't like having to get behind a camera because then there's a camera between me and the person. I'd rather like just talk to the person. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, so yeah maybe the, I'd be all right at it. Let the directors and the producers sort of work with the talent. If you're sort of, you know, if you're on camera, or you're an audio guy, you know, let, let them work with the talent and focus on sort of doing your job. Um, you don't want to confuse people when they're on set, but yeah, if you have a good director and they're getting the best out of their talent, it's because they're making them feel a lot more comfortable being there. Honestly, I'm kind of in shock that this is being given away for free. Yeah. Cause this, this is some fucking advice. gold from Joe Nana. Like if you are out here trying to, you're like 2022 side hustle. I'm turning my side hustle into a production company. Boom. Joe Nana's out here. He's got you. Dude, I'm telling you, in two weeks, we're going to see this exact list on No Film School. No Film School is going to rip off this real podcast. <laughs> yep. I don't say, know. Oh, how, how, did, how does Sam Raimi think? <laughs> what does uh, Sam Raimi think? That's the important part. That idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. I got to be honest, <laughs> that segment is going to crush. Like, it's going to help us out so much in the future because it turns out that that, that website, uh, not No Film School, but the thing they, they wrote up, uh-huh. uh, screenwriting or whatever the fuck the YouTube channel is, they do these tip videos with a bunch of people. So we're turning Chris versus into, I'm, into a series. I'm going to beat the next person. I'm yeah. going to win one of these. We heard it's going to be Chris versus Richard Linklater. Oh, my God. Uh-oh, I don't think I'm going to win uh, that we'll one. See. We'll see. Chris, Chris versus Joe Nana. You never know. Oh, Chris uh, versus Joe Nana. No. Would be a good one. Chris is 0-1 right now. So we'll yeah. see. What yeah. uh, Joe, what's your, what's your next tip for those looking to start a successful production company? So the next tip would be, especially if you're the director or producer, be open to ideas and suggestions. Just put your pride aside and listen to your crew. Um, if you do have a good camera guy, director of photography, audio person, they're going to give you tips and don't always think that you know best. You're hiring these people. Hopefully they're better than you at you know whatever their given job is. They're supposed to be the expert in that field. And if they tell you, hey, I don't think this is going to work, maybe talk it out, find out why they don't think it's going to work and throw some other ideas around. Listen to the suggestions and just be open because you'll get a better product where if you think, no, it's my way and only my way. Well, your way might not be right. Maybe it's going to fuck something up later and uh, you're going to realize it in post. And, you know, it's going to be like, oh, man, that guy did tell me. This was going to be a problem. And I didn't trust them. Mm-hmm. So you got to trust your crew. You, you know, we're working with a producer right now who has not taken those words. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that one's a comp- complicated situation though, because it's like, I, I got to say, like the suggestions that she made for the graphics thing I was doing actually made it look way better. So I was like, oh, 
Yeah, you're the, right. The second time around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, it's true. But, you know, that's why editing and revisions exist, right? My whole thing is this This reminds me of the perfect metaphor is like sports, you know, or or like superheroes, like the Avengers, you know? There's a reason there's a ton of them. There's not just like one who does everything. Yeah, it, it takes a village. It takes to, a to village edit a to video. edit a video. It's like, uh, yeah, but it's like, it's like sports. Like if you have a hockey team, it's not just like five goalies out there, six goalies. Yeah. It's one goalie. And then I mean, there's five players. Yeah, I mean, Alex Ovechkin can't win the Stanley Cup on his own. But if you had a team full of Alex Ovechkins, <laughs> they probably could, honestly. <laughs> They're pretty good. He, he needs a Tom Wilson and uh, what's what's his buddy? Um, Kucherov or some no, shit. I don't know, no. dude. I haven't watched hockey in a minute. I've uh, The Red Wings are the only team I watch, and we're, we're, we're actually on the rise. We're doing really yeah. well. Um, Joe Nana, how many, uh, how many more tips you got left for the people? I lost count. I think you might have uh, three or four. I got four. You got four left. All right, well, let's hear, let's hear one of them. This is going to be a controversial one in Alexi Shishkin's world, but oh, here we my go. next one, if you have time, try new angles, get multiple takes. I like having more footage um, personally, especially for what I do. I like having different angles. I have like having as much footage as I can so I can go back and select later on. Um, maybe something's slightly off in the background of one. You don't notice it until later. If you only have one take, there's no way to fix it. If you have a second take, you can at least choose between the two. Um, and, you know, if you want to try a new angle uh, and you have time, why not? Right. It might be something interesting. Might just if you're doing an interview, if you can have two cameras, three cameras, uh, have sometimes I'll do three cameras if I can. I'll have one on sticks. Um, I'll have one sort of like off to the side and then I'll have a more creative camera. And I'll just if I'm on that or if I have somebody else going, I'll just say like, hey, just sort of play around. Just don't get in the shot. But if you can, <laughs> <laughs> that's important. Don't get in the shot. That's a different tip. But a- <laughs> if you if you see something and you think it might look cool and just mix it up from, you know, the other shots. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You got to go for it. I mean, you do. You're right. You do have to have the coverage. Um, for the record, it's not that I like only want to get one take of everything. It's that. I like to shoot efficiently, so I don't want to be on the other side of that where you're overdoing it and burning out the talent because you're doing so many fucking takes of something for no reason. It's like you have to kind of know when you've got it. Like you have to be confident in going, we've got it. Let's move on. And that way you stay a you stay on time because you never know what the fuck's going to happen in other scenes. And B, if you can rap early, everyone's happy, you know. So the main key, though, in my opinion, is to just be confident enough to say, I've got, we got it. Yeah. You know, it, de- um, it depends on the type of production too, though. If you're doing a live event, it's going to be a lot different than if you're doing an actual scripted, like, you know, segment. Right. Um, where if, if you're, I don't know, like when you were sh- filming at, um, uh, what was the festival that you guys Tree Fort, do and huh? tree fort? Yeah. So it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when, when you're filming there, it depends on the situation. It's like, okay, am I supposed to just be filming a song? Am I filming a montage? You know, what am I doing? If I'm filming just for like a montage, I want as much footage as I can get different types of coverage. This, But this is where you also have to factor the post into, into consideration and the turnaround time. Yeah. I mean, it it, it depends. So like for, for tree fort, we don't want to overshoot too much because it's literally a overnight turn. But I mean, yeah, for most sizzle reels, I personally want more footage. Like I don't, I know it's more to go through and it's a a slog and a pain in the ass, but the worst is when you don't have the coverage that you need. And it's as the editor, it's still on you to find a way to make it work. And usually at that point, the producers can't really help you out much. It's like, Hey, you have 
what what you have, make it work. You're kind of your own producer in a lot of ways. Yeah. Or you a, a, a good editor is their own producer. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, here's the thing. What like what I would say for for that, right? Like Joe, you just said you'd love to shoot a lot of stuff, but again, the, the again the post window is important. Like like you just said, Chris, it is an overnight turnaround. Quite yeah. literally, the shows end at like two thirty or two in the morning, mm-hmm. and the edit is due final by like 11:30 a.m. the next day um where like the director and the editor sit down to watch the cut at 10 10:30 a.m. the next day make any changes or whatever then export and then like create the other versions and then go deliver right so it, it is an incredibly quick turnaround and there's so much stuff like the content capture basically starts around 1 p.m. each day and goes until 2 a.m. so 13 hours of stuff that you could potentially capture if every, if ev- say every, every shooter goes to mm, six different events mm-hmm. and they decide to roll on every cool angle, every cool thing they can find, and they each shoot a hundred shots per event, oh 600 times three, that's 1800 clips for an editor to go through. Yep. That just yeah. doesn't, that's, that doesn't make sense, you know? So you always have to, it's like, it, it all goes back to your first tip. You got to plan. You got to know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, for me, when I go into for for what I do, having more footage is better because yes. say we have like, I don't know, eight different Ford dealerships. If I can go into one dealership, a lot of them look the same and overshoot. I don't have any, uh, I can use that footage across different dealerships, especially if it's a car. Like if I'm dealing yeah. with like, oh, we got, just got the new 2022 Mustang. I'm overshooting the hell out of that because you don't know what the factory is going to give you in terms of running footage. Mm -hmm. And that footage can last me a year across multiple markets and multiple videos. So that's why for what I do, it works. Might not work for every situation like you just discussed, but just feel it out. Maybe that's a bad tip. We don't know. We can. No, 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 it's a great tip. It's a good good tip. tip. It's a good tip. But and I think it actually if we go back to the example of tree fort, it actually applies. Right. Because you're right. The generic stuff you need a lot of. So. At Treefort, the more cool, like general B-roll, like signage or people having fun outside exactly. of a random bar, Do, doing activities, textural stuff yeah. that goes, that always is useful mm-hmm. because you just put that all in a bucket and you can use it across any night, pretty yep. much any day. Yep. Um, yeah. So Joe, uh, two more left. Am I right? Three, uh, three, real three, quick. Three. They're real three. Quick. Okay. Let's knock yeah. them out. This one's pretty self-explanatory craft services. You got to have food. If you're doing an all day shoot, especially you got to keep your crew and your talent happy, you know, having any kind of food on set, ordering lunch, having drinks. You can't have people paying for themselves, especially if they're out there working for you. You got to feed your crew. I think that I think that tip is actually like it may just sound funny because it's like, oh, food. But in reality, if you're like a young director who I don't know how many of you guys listen to this, probably zero. But if you're a young director, like and you have people who are working for you for free because it's a passion project yeah. and you're just having fun, Yeah, that is the number one thing, man. Make sure there's food. Make sure there's drinks. Make sure people are like comfortable because then they're going to want to be a part of it. Well, and that's something that we do even in the office with like any interns or like, you know, anyone who's kind of lower paid freelancers, something like that. We always get them lunch and like we always like offer drinks at the end of the day because mm-hmm. I, it, small things like that go a long way for people's mental health. And like, you, you don't want someone hangry on set. Like they're just a pain yeah. in the ass to work with when, when you're mad, when you're not in a good mood, you're not really focused on the project. You're, you're focused on your stomach. Right. 
I um I remember back in in Portland um for fun we did this we we did a few shows for fun like me me and Tyler um and every time we did those shows obviously like you know we did stuff that was on location mm-hmm. where we'd go do stuff that's a smaller crew we do stuff where we had a studio set up and that was a larger crew because that involved a band was um, this like the cakeaway stuff cakeaway yeah that involved like bands that involved uh, audio engineers a couple of them that invo- involved three camera people an assistant like. All of those people were working for free. Yeah. So as the director, I was always like, we are getting food. It, all I could all I could afford is pizza. But yeah. like we're getting pizza and it's happening and we're getting beers. And yeah. like everyone is at least going to feel a little comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was July in a in a unair conditioned Portland. Oh, music my God. Studio, so Jesus. It, that's why I say a little comfortable. Ugh. Uh, Joe Nana, what else you got for us? All right. So we got two more. Uh, another one. Pretty self-explanatory. But. Check your settings. You know, I'm still pretty bad at this every now and then. Uh, You know, check your white balance. Make sure you're filming at the frame rate that you want, at the resolution that you want. Check with your clients if they have specific things. Some people might not want 4K. Some people do. Maybe it will help your editor out. Maybe it will hurt your editor if he doesn't have a good machine. Um, I guess that's something to probably check with your producer, especially on what kind of settings or deliverables they're going to expect. Um, but yeah, just, you know, just make sure that, uh, you hit the record button at the right time. Pretty that's self-explanatory. A, I mean, but know that's, your camera. that's a hundred percent correct. Like yeah. you do have to make sure the settings fit the job. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of similar to going in with a plan, but you know, it's just knowing what you're doing and shooting with motivation and double checking that you're doing the right thing. Um, and you know, it's funny cause all of those things do come together. Like, again, I keep going back to tree fort, but like with that, we can compare it to any other things we do, right? The yeah. stuff that we do that's more like long-term turnarounds and in-studio stuff, shoot that shit at 4K, give us the highest bit rate, yeah, let's fucking spend absolutely. time on it. I made the mistake uh, this year at Tree Fort, the first day, and I've, I've actually done this multiple years now. Now I'm never going to forget it, but I've, I was like, okay, let's shoot everything at 60 frames a second so that way we can slow-mo anything we need. Yeah. And then the first night, Evan was like, dude, we can't shoot 60 again tomorrow because the it takes so much longer to go through everything because of what just, was it like s and q 60 or was no it? no it was just it was just 60 frames a second but he's like the files are so much bigger oh yeah and and i was like damn proxies take twice as long yeah exactly everything and i was like damn i didn't even think about any of that so i mean it's twice as many frames as we would normally shoot so yeah. it's twice as much data and, and then the shooters were complaining about it because they were like yo like the lighting conditions are already low like we can't shoot at 60 yeah. so basically yeah. I fucked up, but I I deferred to the experts and I learned from them. You know, <laughs> yeah, this is the Joe, could, Joe Nana crash course. Uh, it's true. Yeah, what you what you could have done. Sometimes I'll have like a specific sort of like I said the creative camera and that guy can be filming the slow mo type stuff and then your mm-hmm. other cameras just sort of just rocking normal. Yeah. But yeah, especially if you're doing multicam, make sure your your two cameras are basically synced up with the same type of settings. Last thing you want is for somebody filming at. 1080 2997 and somebody else filming 4k 2398 yep. it's just gonna just gonna cause problems for you mm-hmm. and, then right. if, and, and then if you're if you're gonna be uh doing interviews and stuff try to sync your time codes or something like sync the oh, cameras yeah. you know yeah you're not Cla- clap your hands at clap least sync, or, or yeah. something if you don't have a mark all right um, we got to the end what's the uh we're, we're at the finale of the joe nana school this is like 
our our final our yeah, SAT. Yeah, this yeah. is the last little tidbit that we're ever gonna get. Yeah, and then yeah, and we're gonna ever. quiz you next then week. Then it's gonna so be, be money next time. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> damn, Joan Anna's on the what's that thing where you can I'm, go master class? <laughs> I'm sure there's people who have way better tips than I do, but this last one. After you strike your set, make sure you do a dummy check. You have no idea how many times you've probably left some some cables behind or filter or or whatnot, and that stuff will add up. Or if you, especially if you flew to a location or if you're uh, not close by, and uh, you leave and you're like, "Oh shit, I left one of my camera batteries uh, charging in the wall." Well. You're either going to have to, you know, pay for them to mail it over to you. You're going to have to go back. You're just going to have to buy a new one. Uh, so just dummy check and make sure you have all your stuff, especially yeah. if you're borrowing equipment from people or if you're renting equipment. Last thing you want to do is return something and it's broken or missing or not complete. This is so that was art. That was Article 10 or Article 9 of the nine. Article 9 that's, of the Joe Nana tips called the no camera left behind. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean that's a real one. That's happened to me before. One time uh when I was a news photographer, I was about an hour and a half to 2 hours away from the station cuz you know that's kind of the the area that we could go out to and still be in our DMA. And it was late at night. It was like 11:30 and we were in a hurry to get the fuck out of there cuz it was an hour and a half home and you know we it was already a late night. And I left uh, very hastily and about an hour back to the station, I realized I didn't have my tripod. And this oh. is, this is like a nice ass man Frodo, like $2,000 tripod. It's expensive. Yeah. And I, I was like freaking out. So literally as soon as I dropped all my gear off at the station, I had to take my own vehicle and drive all the way back. So I like, it took an extra three hours of my my day and it, it like it was also terrifying the whole drive up because i didn't know for sure that so i like had stolen it exactly exactly yeah. and it, we were not in the greatest neighborhood you know we were yeah. out in the fucking boonies and yeah. that's a nice ass tripod just in the middle of you know right next to where there was a giant fire so it's kind of like an abandoned looking place anyway luckily i got there it was still there I, you know, I booked it home and I had to be there like six hours later for now, a morning shift. But it, was, it, it felt terrible. It felt so bad. I imagine that like when you're dealing with stuff like that, you have a ton of gear. Do you have like a gear list that you'd have to do a checklist before you or do you just kind of in your head make sure you remember everything? I yeah, feel like I'm, you, know, yeah. you got to do a checklist, right? I mean, not really. We didn't usually have a checklist because at a certain point, like you work with your gear every single day like you and a lot of the time you're really not taking a whole lot out there it's usually your tripod your camera and like your backpack which is the the live view unit where you broadcast from something uh, if it's nighttime obviously you'll have a couple lights uh it's you just you know your gear so intimately that you can pretty much account for it and you know exactly what the back of the truck looks like once you've laid all your gear right. out yeah, that yeah. was a big thing for me like every I had like this big suitcase because I was too cheap to buy like a Pelican case. So I just used a hard shell suitcase and I knew exactly what it looked like when I had all my gear in it. There was no, no spots left behind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there was no empty spots and like, you know, the camera, the camera would go to the right of that suitcase and the tripod would go to the left of that suitcase. And then my lights were in the suitcase. So it was like pretty, right. everything was self-contained and I, it's the only time it ever happened because for the most part I had a system down. Hey, luckily you got it back. I got That's it back. That's the most important thing. I got it back. You ever lost anything, Jonan? All the time. What's what's your biggest, most expensive loss or your closest brush with an expensive loss? 
I flew a drone into a tree once. Hey, I, I did that we, too. I think you talked yeah, about that. I think last we discussed we that. Yeah. I don't know if that's really a, well, I mean, I lost it technically, but yeah, that but was, you didn't, uh, that wasn't like you a bit forgot of a, it. A bit of a user error on that yeah, one. It wasn't like, oh, I forgot my drone in that tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what now, I said, nothing. other than that, other than that, I've left, you know, small things behind. Like I said, I've left batteries behind, I've left filters behind. I've left white balance cards behind, mm-hmm. um, small stuff here and there. But like I said, it adds up. Either you got to replace it, you got to have somebody locate it and ship it back to you. And it's just, you know, it's just a hassle. It's just easier. Just just check your stuff, especially like if, you, the- if you know your own gear. You're going to know if something's missing if you just oh. take a second because you're going to place everything back the way that you usually place it back. Like Chris just said, mm-hmm. I know exactly where each piece of gear goes. And if something's out of place... I'll know it. If somebody else picks up the gear, though, they might not know, which is why if you're borrowing from somebody, definitely maybe make a list of what yeah. are you using? What did you take out? Yep. And if you're renting, you've sure got to have a checklist. Exactly. I was going to say you should make a little card that says Joe was here and you can leave that at every at every location that you film. People go, whoa, Joe was here. What? <laughs> I think we're pretty good. That, um, yeah. Joe Nana, the crash course in becoming a production company. Dude, and I feel think, good about things and now. And to think that like 26 minutes ago, we didn't even know what the segment was going to be. That's and it. now suddenly we're, we we did it. Joe Nana created the segment for us. <laughs> well, yeah. We did it, Joe. You did it, Joe. Um, Chris, what was your favorite tip? What'd you? What's the number one takeaway? Oh, man. I like the uh, hire people better than you. That's that's a really good That's tip. That's my favorite because I'm not very good. So it's not going to be a very good piece if I'm the one doing it. You know what my favorite one was? What? Always get a shot of the sky. <laughs> okay. Always get a shot of the sky. You got to do it. It's important, you know? Uh, yeah, that's a really good one. I, You know, I, and that's where I really fucked up. I never got shots of the sky. What I should have been doing was pointing my camera directly into the sun every single time I shot. Well, if we ever do any of the stuff for MLS, uh, the first shot I'm going to do of every, of every like shoot is a shot of the sky. Oh my God. Um, Beautiful. Joe, you got anything to plug? Nah. No, nothing at all. Perfect. You don't want to, you didn't do any, you don't have anything for people to just, they just maybe go to, I don't know, Joe Nana one at Instagram. I'll call in, leave me a voicemail. Oh yeah. You know what? Yeah. Call into the scissor gang and have a, leave a voicemail for Joe. Yeah. Specifically for Joe. We'll collect a few of them. We'll collect a few of them and then we can put them, uh, we can bring I'm Joe gonna back end, on. I'm going to end up leaving one for myself. That's going to be perfect. <laughs> That's um, how it usually ends. Chris, a quick uh, recap of, uh, of all the stuff. Oh, uh, you know, at Scissorial Gang, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Patreon's going goodbye, so don't even worry about that. Same mm-hmm. with TikTok. Most importantly, send us an email. Yes, Gang at gmail.com. We got a little backlog that we're, we're going to get to in the next couple weeks here, I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe we maybe we're going to remember. I think there's one more <laughs> email, but yeah, we'll get to it. Don't worry. <laughs> and also, give us a, send, uh, send us a whatever. Uh, a call, call us. Call. Call. Send, us a send, call. Us, send us a call. Yeah, 332 332- Um, Guys, thank you so much. Guys and gals, they's everybody. Thank you for listening. uh, Y'all. And we will catch you next week on episode 69. See ya. Deuces. Productions Podcast.